0: Okay, let's just get like really candid with each other on two fronts. The first, this has just basically turned into my digital diary. So I think I'm gonna update the name to like Pretty for a Black Girl, Colonel The Diary of an Anxious Black Woman. <laughs> so listen, sometimes it's gonna be a bag of mental health, like tips, tricks, best practices, resources. And then other times it's really just gonna be what's going on in my life and about me. Okay, cool. So now that we have that piece of housekeeping out of the way, let's get just even more intimate. And so like, what are your last few Google searches? Here's just a few of mine. Healthy foods for healthier hair. Uh, it turns out it is sweet potatoes and like vitamins. Cool. Angel number 333, what does it mean? I actually believe in that. My husband would say that bullshit should have come up. He's saying that life is bullshit and it is. So what are you screaming about? But who is he? He's he's in the background on this podcast. Peaches by Justin Bieber. But finally, and this is a recurring Google search. Can extroverts have social Anxiety We've only just been particularly curious about the topic because for much of my life, I've always felt like this huge walk-in contradiction. I'm sure many of you can relate. Most people, when they meet me or use words to describe me, they use words like bubbly, charming, social, outgoing. I actually remember this one time I was in an AP class and I was not doing well. (laughs) And it was so interesting because my parents, because, you know, they saw the real me at home so they're like well is it because jasmine is like too quiet and the teacher's like what no she's a social butterfly chatty kathy i mean i was the girl whose hair was so big because it's full of secrets that's why her hair is so big it's full of secrets and a part of that is very real and completely genuine i mean Clearly, I have two podcasts, A Thousand Side Hustles. I love to connect with people, and more so I love to tell stories. But I've always joked that I am a closeted introvert. Pause for reaction. Not necessarily laughter, but more so because maybe we'll get into this in another episode. We kind of misuse introvert, extrovert. But I've always joked that I'm a closeted introvert and that while I may come across, you know, confident or outgoing, I'm actually quivering on the inside before I have to go and while I am in almost every social setting. You know, I actively avoid social settings. I mean, obviously right now because of COVID, but pre-COVID, I actively avoided social settings and group hangouts because I was just always convinced I was gonna ruin it. I was going to say the wrong thing, wear the wrong thing you know, not be girly enough, not be cool enough, not be black enough, like all of these different things. And I just would rather spare not only myself the embarrassment, but in my mind, truly spare everyone else the like discomfort of being in my presence even now i will get texts from friends where they're reaching out to me saying like hey how is everything going and i somehow will like jedi mind trick and like ninja the situation until i believe holy crap what if they are only texting me because They hate me or because I am entertainment to them. (sighs) And then what if I text back and deep down they don't really want me to text back. It's, it's, I spiral and I ruminate and it is really no fun for anyone, especially my husband who (laughs) has to hear me dissect punctuation. And this is a topic I've really been curious about for years, I think even more so with the pandemic because while I absolutely have hit my threshold and I I crave people and I'm very excited to get our second dose of vaccine, for like the first six months I was like cool with it. I'm like, oh, awesome. Like I honestly had never, my anxiety had never been better once I quit The job I was at during the pandemic, I really felt free to be myself and like feel comfortable and accepted because I was in my home. So for the past year, it turned into a wild obsession. And as I continue to like read and dig and explore the topic of extroversion, introversion, depression, the Enneagram, motivation, fears, all of it... I learned that I'm not so much a walking contradiction as I had once believed, but rather I'm an extrovert with social anxiety. So in today's episode, I want to talk about what the heck is social anxiety, the signs of social anxiety and how it manifests itself in my life personally, and finally, how to cope with social anxiety as an extrovert with tips from your girl. All right. one, what is social anxiety? So I think just like the word anxiety and gaslighting, social anxiety is a word that gets tossed around a lot and it's used pretty flippantly and loosely these days. Like look, we all get nervous before big meetings and before presentations and I think the difference between jitters and social anxiety is the level of debilitation or how crushing the reality you live in is with social anxiety. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, a person with social anxiety disorder feels symptoms of anxiety or fear uncertain or all situations. Doing everyday things in front of people, such as eating or drinking in front of others, or using a public restroom also causes anxiety or fear. The person is afraid that he or she will be humiliated, judged, and rejected. Social anxiety disorder is not uncommon. Research suggests that 7% of Americans are affected. And honestly, I'm kind of shocked it's not higher than that. But then I went over to my my holy my holy Bible, uh, a WebMD, and social anxiety disorder usually comes on at around 13 years of age. It can be linked to a history of abuse, bullying, or teasing. Shy kids are more likely to become socially anxious adults, as the children typically have overbearing or controlling parents. If you develop a health condition that draws attention to your appearance or voice, that could trigger social anxiety too. In fact, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Med Circle. One of the, the doctors on there, she talks about how she, like me, grew up as one of the only children of color in her town and how much that caused social anxiety in her life. It's interesting because right now, and I know I'm kind of like skipping ahead, I have been really open about my quarantine weight gain. I've gained about 20 to 25 pounds, I am collectively working on a healthier lifestyle, but through it, you know, progress is slow. And I have never had so many childhood traumas triggered in such a short amount of time. And one is I just totally wanna draw all attention away from me and how I look, because I was telling my husband, like, so I sat at the loser table and it was like me and all the Asian kids. well I remember like we all had you know different lunches and we would be like doing our homework and just really feeling like I wanted to just disappear it would be better if I was invisible and most of the time I was (laughs) but you know in the moments I wasn't I was I was picked on for you know my weight or being black or you wouldn't know it now based off of my voice today but I you know my voice was a little bit different from some of my classmates so I remember my husband knows the story I wanted to fit in so badly. Because, you know, I think we pick up the, the dialect of our parents and family members, and my dad's from Cleveland, my mom's from Alabama, so I think I just had kind of uh, like a mashup of whatever that gives you. And, but I remember wanting so desperately to fit in with other kids, I would study Jessica Simpson's voice. Is this chicken what I have, or is this fish? I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken by the sea. I mean, listen, I'm not proud of it. I mean, but it was. Listen, I, my formative years, Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson, Nicole Richie, those were the people to idolize, aspire to. So I just remember almost being like a voice actor and studying her voice until I could better assimilate into the culture that I was, you know, thrust upon, which was, you know, predominantly white kids and affluent white kids. But regardless, I do remember that residual social anxiety of, oh my gosh, I'm the only black kid. Oh my gosh, I'm like one of the only like chubby kids and feeling like any eyes on you were eyes of judgment and being like, okay, I gotta like divert attention away. So how do you do that? Well, you just don't show up at all. So very long tangent to get back to the point. Social anxiety is the voice in your head telling you to not even try because you're going to fail in the social setting. Or, as I once heard on Med Circle, the YouTube channel I was just talking about, introversion is my way, social anxiety is in my way. That was really liberating because I think when I'm at my healthiest, I love people. I think I love to be social. And um, sometimes I've always been like, who's the real me? Is it the depressed version of me that wants to be in bed? Or is it the mask of being outgoing and, and, and being super smiley? And well, first of all, like I'm multi-dimensional, thank God. So all of it is me, but it is as I'm learning that healthy part of me that wants to be around people, that is the real me. And I am just fighting past social anxiety. Now, we are going to go into act two, and in act two, we're going to talk about the signs of social anxiety. Why am I still afraid to go to social gatherings and introduce myself? I hate going to conferences. It's been really interesting as an entrepreneur. I now, like, part of my job is networking, and I fucking hate that word but it is to connect with other people and I get so nauseated and it's because sometimes I feel like I am like in the bye 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 music video with InSync. <laughs> and I'm like a Barbie trying to break out of the plastic. Like, don't judge me. But the craziest part is I, it's like I am living in this alternate reality because nine times out of 10, no one is giving me feedback to believe I'm being judged. It is purely me projecting a mirror onto other people of how I see myself. And that's where I'm at, you know, honestly, in my self-love journey is learning to love myself at my most basic levels, you know, stripped of accomplishments, stripped of, you know, a hot bod, you know, a diet culture hot bod, stripped of, you know, at one point I was making almost six figures, you know, so I think, while well, there's parts where I've never been happier professionally, I've, I've struggled in other areas, especially, um, you know, I'm dealing with stretch marks and, you know, new wrinkles. And and I do think this is a season of having to, you can't rely on, on the bullshit anymore to feel beautiful. You can't rely on the bullshit anymore to justify your existence. Yeah, you're gonna get older and you're gonna gain a little weight and you might lose it, maybe not. The wrinkles might go away, maybe not, but bitch, are you actually going to still love yourself at the end of the day? Because once you love yourself, you're going to actually believe in the energy that you've attracted. And I believe the more I continue to work on myself, which damn, it is like, it's like I chip away at it every day. And sometimes I feel like I'm 11 years later, I haven't gotten fucking anywhere except like maybe 10 feet from where I started, but I'm chipping away so that I can know that the people who are in my life are in my life because they love me just as much as I deserve to love myself. Now, I wanna get into how we can cope if we are extroverts with social anxiety. And before I get into some of the coping mechanisms that have been working for me, though, full transparency, I'm still like super shitty at the coping, (laughs) or I feel like I haven't coped enough. You might be thinking, well, why does it matter? Just live with it and accept it. I think for me anyway, I think what's hard is when you are a social creature or you are somebody who gets a reputation for being happy and upbeat and, and, or you're somebody who wants to be that person, it can just feel like it's taking 10 times the amount to get out of bed and like really be social. or you spend the entire social interaction wondering, like, did I did I say the right thing? You know, you essentially are never having a great time unless you can get over your anxiety in the social setting. So that's why I know it's important to me that I found coping mechanisms, and that's why I assume it's going to be really helpful for listeners. With that, I'm going to give you my three best tips in no particular order. So the first is know your why for going to a social engagement. I've had to get really comfortable with the word no. Quarantine has empowered me to say the word no. And I'm not here to be like, look at me now, I say no all the time. No, I'm dog shit at it. I still am a people pleaser. I think it's something that I will likely work on the rest of my life, but I no longer go on vacations, trips, outings that a thousand percent don't feel connected to what I want to be doing. And, and I wish I could sit here and say, oh, it's because I just value my, my voice, you know, or like what I want more than others. It's really because I know leading up into the trip or the brunch or the phone call that I'm just going to be overthinking it or thinking about what excuse can I use to get out of it. So let's just like kind of spare everyone the BS and only say yes to things that truly excite you. It's not because you're not going to have social anxiety. I have social anxiety sometimes before my husband and I go on a date because the idea of making small talk with a waiter is terrifying. But I make sure if I'm going to use, you know, all of my energy on social interactions, well damn, let it be a social interaction I'm excited about. In theory. So again, my first tip is only say yes to things you want to be doing because if you are going to use extra energy on social interactions, let it be an interaction that you'll be grateful that you had. My second best tip is, and this will vary, find your mantra. So woo-woo, I know, don't hate me, don't come at me with a pitchfork, but For me my mantra is you deserve to be in this space people want you in this space you are excited to occupy this space and for me that helps me get over some of the biggest mm, i don't know if demon is the right word but some of like the little gremlins the little voices that tell me nobody wants you here. You don't deserve to be here. You don't even want to go. Just stay at home. Just, just eat some Cheetos and stay at home. So for me, it's finding those really powerful mantras that I can say to myself as I'm getting ready, as I'm clearing my schedule, as I'm finishing projects. And I'm not here to pretend that it works every time. Sometimes I have still canceled last minute because the anxiety is so overwhelming. But for me, I do know when I tell myself, you deserve to occupy this space, it is really empowering the girl who was chunky overweight only person of color sitting at like the loser table being told to like eat her lunch under the table because she was gross and fat yes true story telling like she is still the piece of my soul that believes oh my god we shouldn't be here nobody wants us here and i just have to you know pat her on the back rub her back and let her know, no, like, baby girl, you arrived. I mean, you arrived years ago, but bitch, you have arrived. Also, we say the word bitch now as a term of endearment. Don't worry, you'll figure it out. The third piece of advice I have with social anxiety, and this will likely bridge off into another episode at some other time, don't rely on crutches. And what I mean by that is for me, I completely rely on alcohol. I've gone to so many events and like pre-gamed before or like drank as soon as I got there because I thought I wasn't enough. Like people are only gonna like me more if my frequency is turned up. And over the last year, especially during quarantine, that is something I've had to challenge and realize that people do like me if I am stone cold sober and i just think it's a little bit unrealistic to tell somebody who if you are like me or were like me and you always had to have a glass of champagne at a function or you know maybe for you it's a glass of wine it's a little bit unrealistic to say yeah just stop cold turkey but instead in functions where I had a little bit more control, I turned happy hour get togethers and catch-ups into coffee catch-ups. I mean, coffee still makes me like a little bit more bubbly. So I guess in some, in some ways I'm still getting the same effect, but I have to take control of those situations so that I'm not prolonging the process to recovery. For me, that recovery is self-loathing and into self-love. And so for you, it might look different while you have social anxiety, but Love yourself enough to identify the crutches that you currently use, understand why you use them and how they're harmful, and discover ways that you can overcome them, avoid them, or come to terms with them. And with that, Social anxiety is hard no matter if you identify as an extrovert or an introvert. But if you've been feeling like a walking contradiction or you can't quite explain why you love adventures and meeting people and connecting with people, but ghost all of your friends for days on end, I hope this episode spoke to you and I hope that you find coping mechanisms that help you deal with daily life. Because none of us can avoid social interactions forever, even during COVID. So if you have more that you want to add to the conversation, I would love to hear it. Please hit me up on Instagram, forablackgirl.podcast. And my personal Insta is Jasmine Reed Clark, Jasmine with a Z. Share, like, subscribe, all the things. Leave a review. Those are really, really helpful. Leave ratings. Those are great too. And I will catch you in the next episode.